same China, different stories. We are the ones that found our way in a new life. Adopted babies, adopted babies from China. Releasing episodes every other week, it's sort of hard to time exactly what to put in an intro. So now I'm just going to introduce you. Hello, today we are speaking with Emily, who just moved back to the West Coast. You were in the Midwest. Yeah, I was in Ohio. You were in Ohio, and now you're back in San Francisco. Emily is a part of CCI Chinese Children International and is a cat mom. Hi, Emily. Hi. Thanks for having me on, Tara. Especially during this. Time of change and just a lot of things going on in 2020. Um, but yeah, I am a cat mom. I love Leo very much. He's really been helping me through this entire year. He's a year old and he's very important to me. <laughs> oh, so he's、uh, only a year old. So yeah, he, he's a baby. Is he done growing? You know, I would like to think he is, but he always surprises me. I think he's still getting a little bigger. So. We'll see. So Leo is a cat rescue. Yeah, I like. There was like a local pet store, and then there was a sign outside, and it said like Siamese kittens. We have to get rid of them because we had too many cats that were like breeding outside, or something weird happened. So I like was able to get it from a woman that was local. Oh, nice. Get him. Yeah,、Aww. he's very cute. So he might be near his family if you got it locally, or got him locally, I should say. Yeah. Oh, in Ohio though. So now oh, in Ohio. Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So definitely tell me more about your story. You're from Ohio, or you grew up in Ohio. You're from China, of course. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Yeah.、Um, yeah. So I grew up in Ohio,、um, specifically North Canton. It's about an hour from Cleveland.、Mm. My mom adopted me when I was around ten months old from Maoming, China. So that's southern China. I guess the biggest city near it is、um, Hong Kong, or maybe yeah, pretty much Hong Kong. Okay.、Um, Yep, and then I don't have any other adopted siblings, and honestly, like no, yeah, no siblings that I know of. Okay, yes, you do look like you're Southern Chinese, like definitely more close to the South. Oh yeah, yeah,、mm-hmm. it's pretty hot there, <laughs> but um, it was cool when I got to go back. Yeah, I'll talk about that later. But um, I grew up going to like a lot of Asian festivals in Ohio, and people that aren't familiar with Ohio, it's usually like Columbus and Cleveland. Those are kind of、right. like、the major cities in Ohio. But I really didn't have much exposure at all to China and the Chinese culture until like I visited China. You mentioned you have a couple of other adoptee friends in Ohio, like Columbus and Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. I actually grew up with a group of girls who were all adopted from China. My mom was in part of like FCC, if you know what that is. Oh yes, yes. China, yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of adoptees know that. And we had like get-togethers when we were smaller and learn about Chinese culture. So whenever I would go to festivals, we'd usually go with like a family of another adoptee family. Oh, that is cool. My limited experience of Ohio is when I went to o- OU in Athens, <laughs> so near、oh, yeah. near Columbus. You did go to OU, so you know Ohio. I do know Ohio. Yeah, I learned the、cool. the C, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland, and that's all that. Oh yeah, that's all I needed to know. That's yeah. All you need to know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like most people know Columbus and Cleveland. Yes,、yeah. you are part of CCI, and a lot of your interest in adoption did that come with your involvement in CCI or before that in high school, college, university? Oh yeah, sure. 
Yeah, so after high school, I went to the University of Cincinnati in Ohio. It's called the College of Design, Architecture, Art, and Planning. And then, like, built into the curriculum, there are, like, many chances to intern out of Ohio and see, like, what else is out there. So I got a bunch of exposure to, like, different cultures, people, and cities, and also, like, most importantly, ideologies. So I think that really started helping me understand more about adoption in general. Oh, wow. Yeah, um... So I think what like sparked my interest in adoption was when I started back to school in Cincinnati for my junior year. So I had the opportunity to intern in California and then Chicago. And then I also studied abroad in Singapore. So after all of that and like kind of traveling everywhere, I like came back to Ohio and I was like kind of shocked to be (laughs) honest, because just like the lack of, Mm -hmm. I guess not, I can't really say lack of diversity because Singapore was pretty like not as diverse as well, but I just felt like it was very different that like year that was my senior year I had to choose a topic to study about for my senior thesis project and I chose adoption specifically at school did you have a specific area of specialty that you focused in like design or oh yeah so I'm a visual designer like user experience user interface I come from more of like yeah like a branding background though so I'm kind of like a hybrid now moving more into like the UX UI space I think being in Silicon Valley, that's, like, influenced a lot of, like, what I'm trying to go into now for design. Mm. But, oh, yeah, project, it was, I don't know, do you know One Sky? One one Sky? Yeah, One Sky for All Children. I don't believe I do. Oh, Oh, cool. Well, I'll tell you about it. It's an organization that um, Jenny Bowen created, and she's, like, an adoptive mom, and she had adopted two girls from China, and now, like, the the whole premise of the organization is to improve orphanages in China and now they're moving on to Vietnam and I was like really inspired by that I kind of knew about the company growing up and I would donate for my birthdays to that organization because I feel like uh, previously I know like the orphanages were they needed like more funding and more help so the whole purpose of One Sky is to like go in there and like provide new training and also like new equipment for the children pretty much for my like senior thesis project, I wanted to work somehow with One Sky and um, do like a branding initiative, like kind of like a fictitious graphic design branding initiative to make the brand a lot more like recognizable and I guess professional. Oh, wow. It seems a lot of Chinese adoptees will incorporate adoption into their thesis projects or senior projects Mm -hmm. when they're in university. Yeah. It's always fascinating to hear them. Oh, yeah. My friend Joy, um, I think she did a project, too, like, called Chinesey. Pretty cool. I don't know if you know about that, either. Mm-mm. So, Joy, yeah, she did a um, project as well. But honestly, like, with the whole project, I think I was supposed to focus, like, obviously on the research and design portion. But to be honest, like, I used to, like, be obsessed with design. That's what I would spend my nights and days doing. I kind of sacrificed my, like, social life. And design was really my main focus. But I think after doing my senior thesis project on adoption the research kind of had me more interested so I was more interested in like what I learned about China and how policies led to like a lot of babies being adopted abandoned and the truth behind Mm. many of like the findings of being adopted so although I love design I feel like that was really the trigger when I started looking into like the facts behind my existence in the USA today Mm. okay do you know more about your birth family or birth story I you mentioned earlier that you actually did get to go back to China that's usually a question to ask later but it seems this is a nice transition (laughs) 
yeah, I didn't really know much at all. When I went back to China, I was able to go with my mom, uh, my adoptive mom. I just have one mom, by the way, too. Mm. But yeah, I went back with her and we went to the orphanage and went to like the police station. This was my sophomore year of high school to see if they had any other files. And like we talked around, talked to people, but I didn't know anything. And I wasn't really interested in any like new information when I was a sophomore in high school. I really started becoming interested like right after my senior thesis project. And also like after Singapore, I feel like I didn't really think I was Asian before mm. then. Oh yeah, sophomore year of high school, it's still, that's very young, I want to say, an opportunity yeah, to go back. Mm-hmm. Was that prompted by your adopted mom or you just, the, the opportunity came up and she's like, let's go or? Sure. I feel like I didn't have like a huge desire to go, but my mom did offer, she was like, oh yeah, if you want to go, you could go back. And I was like, well, that'd be cool. You know, mm. I'm from China apparently, so might as well go. I think now if I would go to China, it'd be a lot more um, focused and like meaningful though mm-hmm. because I feel like I like know more now and I would have like the desire to find my biological family and stuff yeah is it more that the project in college in your senior year for your thesis is how you learn more about yourself versus that trip going back when you were a sophomore in high school oh definitely yeah yeah that trip I feel like it was like a tourist like <laughs> well I don't know it's kind of like it was kind of like how my mom adopted me from China, I feel like that trip was. And I, I feel like I'm really fortunate to have the mother I have and like be privileged. She knew English. She was able to have enough money to be able to send both of us there. So I really had a, I really have like a really great life in the U.S. But I feel like it was more of like a curated mm-hmm. trip where, you know, we went to like a major city. Then we went to the orphanage. We like went to the finding spot, you know, but after watching One Child Nation, like like a little different now I feel in terms of how like I perceive things and then um we also went to you know the police station so it's kind of like this curated trip but I feel like you know researching my project for senior thesis like I just learned things that I didn't I wasn't just told because I feel like when you're little you're just like kind of told things you're like okay yeah that's the truth unless you're like a really advanced and progressive child Mm -hmm. but for me I just kind of accepted the truth and I think also the project really forced me to like look at the truth as well because like I don't think I wanted to I didn't really want to learn but since I chose my project on adoption I had to learn what I was doing my project on and I wanted to like get really deep instead of just sticking to the surface level narrative. Right it's pretty cool you mentioned that you say focusing more on the research aspect and the iconography and colors as well. Oh yeah. Would you be able to go into a little bit more about that specific aspect? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. My research project. Pretty much the project was just to redo their branding and make, like, symbolisms, create icons. So for one sky, they have an existing brand, but I felt like I could kind of reimagine the brand, like, fictitiously, of course, in a different light and trying to elevate it. So for the project, I had to, like, make certain icons to demonstrate different important aspects of one sky so like one aspect would be like caregiver so I made an icon for like what a caregiver would be to you know orphanage Mm. like what their their stance is or like heart you know showing care or China you have to do an icon for China and then also colors had to pick out the different like colors of you know the brand but I think for that project that's like the moment where I'm like I don't know if I want to be doing branding as a designer I was also questioning if I wanted to be a designer still the hardest decision I was making was to like what color would this 
icon be and like where can you put meaning in this branding but then I was like reading about how kids like were abandoned and like parents couldn't keep them and how like pretty traumatic like you can't even take a cat away from its mother usually like that's like the thing that said like you don't want to take a baby animal away from its mom within like two months so you want to keep them there I think I was like kind of like I don't know I had like PTSD or something when I was researching the project so it made it really hard to focus on design wow and so this project actually led you to CCI right yeah through this project I had to research a bunch and then I found CCI and I was like oh this is cool how long have you been working now in your job oh sure with design so I did like five internships and in total I've been working three years but out of school I've been working around a year oh wow okay it sounds like you have a lot of experience in a lot of different areas too so I was like oh (laughs) yeah well hopefully I'll get a job well I'm I have a job it's hard right now and especially like kind of jumping into the interaction world coming from a brand background right I think before we get into CCI because I would love to give you the opportunity to talk more about CCI as well. A little bit more about your career and the travel abroad, too. You were able to travel abroad and work as well, or did you study study abroad? That's probably the better question. Yeah, you know, both of them. So I studied abroad in Singapore, and I, I had an opportunity to, like, do an internship in Singapore, but I turned it down because I really wanted to, like, I think I was feeling really out of body in Singapore, and it was, like, kind of crazy because I hadn't really, like, accepted that I was Asian yet, so I was like, I don't know if I want to, like, be in there longer than four months. Looking back, definitely should have taken that internship, but that's okay. (laughs) Before I started college, I, like, had visited and had the privilege to visit countries like Costa Rica, um, England, France, Canada, and the Bahamas. Wow. But then, yeah, my mom was, she was pretty A+. (laughs) She was pretty awesome. She really encouraged travel. She's a very strong woman. But then during college, I was able to intern. So I interned in four cities. First in Newark, New Jersey with Audible. So I interned there twice for four months. After that, I was able to intern in San Francisco, California with Google, which is really cool. After that, that's when I, um, that was four months. I spent four months in Singapore studying abroad. And then after that, I interned in Chicago for four months. And after that, I stayed in Cincinnati and for my last internship I stayed in Cincinnati because I was like this is a lot of traveling yes <laughs> sounds like you didn't really stay yeah. anywhere for longer than what six months maybe at most yeah so like for the past six years I've been moving like every four months so I'm happy to like finally be in California and just stay here and make a life Wow. Do you have any tips for people who are thinking about study abroad or for travel? I definitely feel like really fortunate though because I like was able to afford it and my mom helped me so much. So, you know, if you do have that opportunity, I would take advantage of it. Um, It was definitely out of my comfort zone too because, I mean, honestly, I was wanting to go to Switzerland for studying abroad and I'm really glad I chose Singapore because if I had not chose Singapore, I don't think I would have been so interested in the Asian culture Mm. because I am indeed Asian but (laughs) I just feel like before studying abroad and any of that I didn't even I just wasn't able to register my race almost I don't know like I didn't have any other like uh, mentors that were like Asian Americans or like one or two in Ohio yeah that doesn't surprise me (laughs) oh yeah no I mean I had like a few but it wasn't constant so when I was able to um, intern for Google in California that's when I got like so much exposure just Asian people I guess like that aren't like adopted my manager she was Chinese American 
And I think it was really cool too, to see like a woman be in charge of the sector that I was in. My mentor was a woman and I feel like that's just like super progressive and awesome. Oh, wow. You got to intern at Google? Yeah. That's what everyone says. Yeah. It was fun. Oh man. Let's take a break. How do you feel about the job path that you're on right now? If you want to share, I mostly okay. ask because yeah. I mean, you've it seems like you've done a lot of internships and work related to user experience or design, right? And yeah. then mm-hmm. you also really love cats. I love cats, <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, so I can talk for any advice. In terms of design, I mean, honestly, design used to be life for me and I like did anything for design. It's like part of it, I was like trying to hide away from my trauma of, I don't know, not like trauma, but like hiding away from like the facts of like being adopted and like, looking at it closer but I feel like design gave me a space to express myself and also be productive because you can make money with like you know something that you're passionate about in terms of design yeah Cincinnati was a really good school just doing a lot of internships I feel like it really helps to be really open to things and then also not to compare yourself to others Mm -hmm. because art school was pretty like honestly for me art school is like really stressful it was so stressful it was so competitive and it was, like, so stressful moving around all the time. So I noticed, like, my social life just kind of started disappearing. Mm. The more I got invested in design and, like, getting the best internship and the next the next best thing. Right now, I'm, like, really trying to focus on getting a full-time job, like, maintaining very right. healthy relationships with people. And also, I noticed, like, this is why I, like, I want to go into user experience versus, like, agencies, I think. I think I just like the, or for me, like, culture in terms of, like, in-house design I think I really like appreciate that because I feel like um, it's like very community based. Of course, agencies, though, are very like great for growing your skills, too. So both are good experiences. So you have a lot of cool yeah. stuff to talk about. So I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, I I loved Google, though. It was and I think the most important thing, I think at first it was like, oh, I got to get these like big names on my resume, like, mm. you know, go after like really cool stuff. And I thought that was like the purpose because I feel like the way Cincinnati does their program, it kind of gamifies the whole like internship program. Mm. They like um, release a list of like all the places that people like intern at. And you have like if you don't have a job yet, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm so anxious. I have to get a job. So I feel like I was kind of playing that game where I'm like, ooh, like I want to work at Apple. I want to work at like Google and NASA and all these really cool places. Mm -hmm. After like getting to do some really great internships and great work, I realized like the most important thing for me is culture. And, like, the way they treat their employees. Because I don't want to work somewhere where it's, like, toxic, like, not diverse, tone deaf to, like, what's going on in the world. Like, I feel like that's hard for me to, like, stand behind. That's fair. If I've learned anything recently with jobs and network, too, is use, use your alumni network if you graduated from a university or college. I highly recommend. Oh, for sure. It's helpful. Or... Use your yeah. personal connections too, even through like parents or friends and family. Just talk to people and yeah, networking is important because like I feel like the person, people that you talk to at that company are a good reflection of like what the oh, culture yeah, is. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, every culture is different, and some work for others, and some don't. We actually initially connected because you also sent an email, which was great. <laughs> CCI is thinking of having a podcast. Is that correct? Oh yes, we are. And I am the leader. Tell us more about CCI because oh, sure. I know CCI is significant for my discovery with adoption and Chinese adoption because it's how I met Katie 
who I talk about a little bit in the show. Oh, yeah, cool. But she and I are actually, we connected through CCI, the adoptees only group, through a post she made. That's awesome. Yeah, CCI brings like a lot sure of people together, like, including me and like a lot of other people. So CCI was founded by um, Charlotte. She created the organization. So we, like adoptees from China would have a community. I feel like FCC, which is like run by mostly parents, our parents, was great and it gave us like really great exposure but now that we're getting older it's important to be able to have like a platform and voice yes. for ourselves getting into cci i was able to connect with the community by just like emailing charlotte just like i emailed you i'm like mm-hmm. hey like it's a pretty cool organization like i really want to be a part of it and this was like right after i interned in chicago so i wasn't totally invested in um, adoption yet i didn't know too much about it i just was kind of learning about it i would have to like give like CCI a lot of credit for how much I've learned and how more active I am in the community. From there, she like invited me to apply to the board and I was able to hold a position as a CCI e-magazine editor. And now I'm like a creative director for them. And it really has like meant the world to me to be a part of CCI. I just met my fifth cousin, thanks to 23andMe, I know this, um, alongside a girl who was also in the same orphanage as me at the same time because of CCI. And I can't thank like CCI enough to be able to connect me to those people. So I'm sure many of us are familiar, but if not, CCI is Chinese Children's International, and FCC is Families with Children from China. And I believe they have a New York and D.C. chapter in the U.S. I don't know as much about FCC anymore. I know they have, they actually had a chapter in Cleveland. And I know um, CCI has more of like a, less of like a chapter approach and more of like a central organization is CCI and then people and leaders from around the like country have meetups actually the whole world yeah some people are from england and yeah through doing this podcast i've learned or discovered a lot of groups including fcc but also subtle adoptee asian traits i don't know if you yeah there's that one too (laughs) yeah and then the ccie magazine i like was able to get around like 20 people's voices that are chinese adoptee heard um we just put together like this e-magazine where it just showcase like different pieces of art pieces of writing it was like really beautiful to like be able to share that with people because actually one of the big things that started making me like realize I was adopted and how important this all is is like reading that CCIE magazine I just came across it and I'm like oh my Mm. gosh like people feel the same way I feel and I just felt this like really crazy like whoa moment when I read that magazine so I'm like I have to somehow be a part of this next initiative Mm. Oh, but now we're making a podcast, too. Yes. Put that in there. CCI will have a podcast. It's going to be a lot like, hopefully it'll be as good as ABC <laughs> podcast. I will be spearheading it. Stay tuned. And you can go on chinaschildreninternational.com to see more details about the upcoming podcast. When I That's exciting. Up. It'll be really cool. <laughs> yeah. It will be really cool. Learning from you, mm-hmm. you know, learning from you, Tara. Well, so. I'm still learning. Every time I do an episode, it's a process. <laughs> It's like, hmm, does this work? Yeah, it's so cool, though. Yeah, it's so cool. It is really cool. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people appreciate Mm -hmm. another resource where we can essentially talk to one another or share stories. It's tough (laughs) not to get on tangents, especially with everything going on right now. Before we start recording, we were talking about COVID as well as the riots. I know. Yeah, re-election, COVID. Oh, Pride Pride Month. Month. That's right. We're we're recording this during Pride Month, but it will probably be released 
in July. I always like to ask as the final question, is there anything you want to hear from other adoptees or people where adoption has become a huge part of their life? Oh, sure. Um, I would love to hear about other perspectives from minorities and other families. I feel like I mostly hear about the Chinese adoptee story, but I love it when I get to hear people adopted in like a different situation, maybe domestic adoption, Mm. um, people going through foster care, because I feel like there's so many different facets of the you know adoption story that people can have and then also I I really like hearing about how other adoptees feel about like privilege and especially with what's mm-hmm. going on you know um color my color of skin um and being raised with a strong mother who speaks fluent English and she's not an immigrant and I never had financial struggles I feel like really privileged but it's interesting to think how like us as Chinese adoptees maybe not all of us but I feel like many that I've talked to we come from a place of like extreme poverty so I think that like parallel is really interesting mm-hmm. how we're now living in America which when I was studying abroad a lot of people were like whoa America's super mm-hmm. rich like they had like, these ideas of America but I feel like at the end of the day we're all kind of everyone has a different story and it's all you know everyone struggles in some way or another yes because I mean parents of children if they're biological or adopted I would say parents have to learn how to interact with their adult human beings that they raise and where they don't necessarily have a guidebook on how to do it but it's Mm -hmm. it's tough it's tough yeah Yeah. and I guess coming from like an adoptee perspective especially I feel like um as an adoptee I didn't and my mom is white uh, I didn't really have that blueprint of how I would grow up in the world as like Mm -hmm. an Asian American woman so I feel like there's like positive to that and negative I don't know if you feel the same but I feel like because like now I'm dating someone who is Laos and his like whole family is like Asian but it's just, like, interesting to see how he was taught and how, like, his culture and just the ability just to kind of, like, stand up for Asian Americans. Whereas my mom, like, I feel like she's really, really knowledgeable about race, but it is it, different. Right. Yeah. We don't have the same lived experiences. I can, I don't know, especially when Trump was calling it the Chinese virus, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I got, like, a few racist mar- remarks and I would, like, try to relate that to my friends who are white. And I feel like it's harder for them to understand because, like they're not like oh, yeah. the same thing. so it's interesting because you talked about privilege from being an adoptee because I experienced it too there's a privilege too with being in a family that's affluent oh yeah uh, but then there's also 100%. privilege with being it's nobody really can win in some way somebody's privilege but yeah there's a lot of white people yeah, are yeah, privileged yeah. because of their skin color which unfortunately is a huge focus but it's true and then there's a yeah. lot of adoptees like ourselves who are privileged because we are in white families that have that are affluent too. Oh, that's for a, sure, that's another um, tangent. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's always. And I feel like, especially with like the Black Lives yes. Matter movement going on, I think a lot of and a lot of like family disputes have been coming to the surface, which I kind of feel like sad about because like my family is all mm-hmm. white. I think we had one Asian relative, but I think she had died. So there's definitely a lot of different perspectives in our family, and um, being like the only person who is like almost almost white but not quite white which is very controversial but I have heard that sadly from a family Mm -hmm. member I feel like it's just very like I don't know it's just very different and yeah I guess I am super privileged though because I'm not like too ousted from the family because of something I can't control which should never happen in the first place anyways Mm -hmm. but I'm sure there are adoptees that do experience that unfortunately yeah, it's just so difficult. I just can't. It does show that the community is there and finding it is very nice, such as CCI is a great resource there, China yeah, specific. Exactly. I'm adopting. 
Yeah, adopting is really good. I'm adopting. Mm-hmm. Lots of different resources. Perfect. Did you want to share any of your social media channels or CCI channels? Anything specific? I'm not really that public on social media, but um, I pretty much have the same exact handle for most things. E-M-I-L-Y and J-I-A-N-M-A-R-I-E. So Emily G-N Marie at you know, you can add a .com, that goes to my website, you can add a G- add ah. Gmail, it's my email. And then CCI, it's China's Children International.com. And then the most important thing is my cat's Instagram. And I might make him TikTok famous as well. It is Leo mm-hmm. is living. L-E-O-I-S-L-I-V-I-N-G. So it's not too late yet, but his channel will be lit eventually once I get a full-time job and can focus on his <laughs> fame. We really want to get sponsored by Purina. Or um, Halo Cat Food, just throwing that out there. Throw it out there, put yeah. it in the universe because somebody <laughs> yeah. will hear it. He is a beautiful, he's a beautiful Siamese cat. Yes, he's very beautiful. We're, I'm teaching how to leash train. Very important. That's cute. Yay. Love you, Leo. All right, uh, lady, oh, let me go back to my cat tree. <laughs> Little Siamese cat. Oh, he is a Siamese boy. Oh. Yes. He is a good, good boy. A seal point. A seal point Siamese, okay. So he's three quarters, I don't know if I have that completely right, but he's three quarters Siamese, one quarter domesticated cat, so he's not quite full bred, which makes rescuing cats that, like, are not, like, you know, sometimes you have to pay for cats and it's, like, $50,000 or something, but you can get ones that, like, are a little bit domesticated inside and, like, they're not as expensive and, like, some people just don't want them, so I'm like, who wouldn't want this boy? Look at him. Yeah. Very, very passionate about cats. He's pretty. Oh, damn, he's so cute. Yeah. Thank you. He's my What son. color is his eyes? Super blue. It reminds yeah. me of like Sagwa. <laughs> the Chinese Sam's cat. That show. Leo, that is you. He is a good boy. This was fun talking though. Yeah, thanks for yes, talking good, to me. Appreciate good luck it. with work and the podcast. Definitely let me know when you're releasing it because then I'll share it as well. Thank you for listening. This is ABC email adoptedbabies from china at gmail.com or direct message on facebook and instagram adoptedbabies from china pod if you would like to share your story goodbye for now